This is London Calling. London Calling. The Kremlin haven't learnt the lessons of history. They dream of recreating the Soviet Union or a kind of greater Russia, carving up territory based on ethnicity and language. They claim they want stability while they work to threaten and destabilize others. We know what lies down that path and the terrible toll in lives lost and human suffering it brings. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Delacroix, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. My very good friend, Mr. Toby Young, who I'm going to be seeing shortly. Indeed. You can, you can, you can get your, your, your money off me. <laughs> uh, yeah, fantastic. You know, that I hadn't thought about. But yes, absolutely. No, because we are, we've both been invited um, shooting tomorrow, haven't we, James? I think it's probably one of the last days of the season. Um, oh, is it? I think it's it is. It's the only way yeah. that the likes of us can afford to go shooting when, when, when very kind people invite us and when it? it when very kind people invite us and um uh, and they only invite us on one of the last days of the season when almost all the other birds have already been shot because no um, that, that the reason they invite us tapes is because only the really difficult canny birds remain ah, so and the ones that have survived numerous drives and and, and are just devious and and very o- good at preserving old, old well-seasoned wily birds yes i think and you're they right think, who should we call <laughs> James and Toby. Yeah. Do you think that's it? Yeah, they, they know what crack shots we are because they've been listening to us uh, bantering on London Calling. I'm I'm actually... I, I've started to feel like a proper old country gent. I, I realise that winter is... Winter and autumn are, are the best seasons because that's when all the sport is. Um, I'm, I'm very worried that that the fox hunting season is coming to an end as well very you know like in march and that time is going to fly by by i've only been out once it's it's a disaster ah. so when does the when does the hunting season end about early march i think first week in in okay. march right. and it, and it also it gets progressively crapper as the really the the the, the best time is kind of i think november december Right. You, know, okay. you you want that combination of you don't want you don't want hard ground you don't want frosty ground you don't want fog because that because then it gets cancelled. Um, yeah, it's 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 tricky. Uh, well, I hope you got your gum boots ready for tomorrow, James. Um, I have, uh, I have. Yeah, yeah. I will, and, and we know that you're going to be. This is the thing. We're going to get our willies out on the table and see who's the biggest. And your and and yours will be. At I least twice the size fun. of yours, you think? <laughs> well, in terms of bird shot, I imagine. But that's because I, I love nature more than you do, and I care about the birds, and I try and preserve as many of them as we can. Well, I don't think you need to come up with your excuses in advance, James. You may well shoot more birds than me. Or, or we may we may both do um, so badly that we don't even want to disclose to the other exactly how, yeah. many, how many brace we've shot. Anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but it yeah. should be fun. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, what else have you been up to? Anything exciting? Um, no, because I've been I've I've been recovering from my crippling back thing, which followed my crippling, um, you know, lurgy thing. So I've been ill for too long now. I'm, I'm desperate to get back to normality. No, I don't think I've, I've done anything. Oh yeah, well I, I I had a nice Ethiopian lunch. Okay. <laughs> on Sunday, right. that was it. You know, with that endura pancake and the, and all sort of the bits and pieces on top. 
Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, well, at a restaurant, or did you cook it yourself? Yeah, you have to know. You, uh, you, well, you couldn't. You, I mean, unless you were Ethiopian, you wouldn't know how to do it. Um, it's I don't know how you how you bake those pancakes. So, but you you sort of effectively eat your plate, don't you, with your hands? You you, you do everything with your right hand, and you peel bits off the off the pancake, and then sort of scoop up the bits of stew on top. It sounds Good. delicious. I, I um so um. Uh, I've had two adventures. Um, I fell off the wagon last week. Um, uh, deliberately? Well, no. Um, n- n- well, I don't know, semi-deliberately. I mean, it, it, but I hadn't, I hadn't expected to, hadn't been planning to. Um, so I, I, it, it was a sort of um, a lunch um, for uh, donors to the Free Speech Union. And one of the people present, it was at the Cavalry and Guards Club, um, yeah. uh, in St James's, and one of the people present uh, was chairman of a forthcoming ball committee, um, and he'd been tasked with um, providing wines for the VIP guests coming to this ball, and so he took this opportunity to taste the wines because I think the ball's going to be at the Cavalry and Guards Club, um, and um, and so we had we was we was as the moment we were seated, there were um, three. Um, uh, uh, different uh, white burgundies in front of us and three different uh, and five different um, red Bordeaux um, uh, all wow. of a pretty high standard so was there, I, was there a, a Le Montrachet there? I bet uh, it was a Chassagne and a Pouligny but was there a Le no, there was neither actually, uh, but nonetheless, oh. it was it was still it wasn't quite that. The, the price range was sort of probably between twenty five and forty. Um, oh for right, each okay. Bottle. Pauper's, pauper's um, but, wine, <laughs> but but nonetheless, pretty good and and, yeah, and yeah. quite hard to not fall off the wagon for. So I fell off the well, wagon, quite. and um, yeah, felt pretty ashamed of myself afterwards, although pleasantly drunk. Um, yeah, I was going to say you came <laughs> home because like, what's it like you you when you had a lunchtime thing and you come. Home, home rollicking drunk do you get do you get bollocked by the wife or? yes i mean i wasn't rollicking drunk um but um yeah i then met someone who i'd been planning to meet and sort of um started um hitting the red wine during that meeting this is a sort of you know late early evening meeting and then came back and and um and then drank some wine when i got home so i thought you know in for a penny in for a pound terrible it's like that sort of thing when you're when you've given up smoking and you think i'll just have one and as soon as Mm. you've had one you think oh well that's it and you go off and buy a packet of 20 it was a bit like that except i didn't actually drink 20 bottles um but um anyway i'm now back on the wagon james and my my wife has rather forgivingly suggested that i just add the day that um i fell off the wagon uh, to the end of the month, so I, I, I don't actually officially. I'm not allowed to drink again until February the second, not not February the first. This will so. this will appall you, Tebs. Um, but you know, we've we've talked about similar issues before about my inability to put on weight, whereas you you mm. have the opposite problem. Yes, I do. And I was having this discussion with the wife the other night about booze, and we realised that we too have a drink problem, which is that we don't drink enough. That 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 it's very very because we're, because we're so, we're so, we're so abstemious with the booze it makes us very antisocial and not not good company if if we're with people who really want to and is 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 and is that because of the expense of actually entertaining your guests adequately or is it because you just don't have much of a taste for the effect I only like um, very expensive yeah very expensive <laughs> I, I I used to I used to drink wine routinely. And now I will only drink it really out of a out of politeness, or b if somebody's wheeled out, you know, some Grand Cru. Right. Okay. Um, oh, well, I'll have to remember that when if 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 and when you and Tiff ever come for dinner. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, uh, no, it's the, hard. The wine tomorrow. Uh, it, so I'm not planning to drink um, during the shoot lunch. Um, uh, not because the wine won't be up to my standard, but because I've got to drive back again um, uh, afterwards. Um, yeah, are you, are you driving it's, there and driving back? No, know, I, on think the I'm, I think I'm. Uh, our host is driving me, which is okay. <laughs> so he's he's got to um, he's got to go without the booze. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, yeah, you see, I do like. I do like the kind of, even though I don't, I'm not, I don't like wine very much, I do like the kind of stuff you, you have on shoots and when you're hunting, i.e. things like slow gin, cherry yes. brandy, anything anything that gets you there yeah, quickly. Yeah, a, bull, a bullshot. It feels like cough med- medicine. Yes. That's good. Yeah, and I'll be trying to avoid that too, but uh, uh, I'm doing my best anyway. Um, but here's so, all uh, thing, Tobes. We've, we've, here we are, we're talking about all this kind of um, old world stuff. Which is an indication, I think, of, of, of what a what a kind of weird period we're living through. You're, you'll probably think that it's this is a this is a sign that it's all over, whereas I will argue that, it, that it's actually that we're just living through a phony war. And we've you know we've had two years of, of, of hell, but this is just the beginning, and we're having a brief respite before we um, move on to the new horrors. And you're not, uh, but you're not there talking about the actual war that at this stage looks quite oh what ukraine in ukraine yes no i i, I tell you what i i don't know where you, actually out of interest where are you on that one because i'm very very anti the saber rattling and warmongering that seems to be taking place only in the media the disgusting media which has been betrayed us all these last two years but also from from people like the cold and creepy guy uh, chairman of the Foreign Affairs Committee, what's his name, the ex- Tom Tugendhat. Tom Tugendhat, yeah. He's sort of sabre-rattling. And I just think everyone seems to be, the media and, and, and the, the, the politicians and, and, the, and Tory boys, who are obviously the worst, Tory boys are hot for war because they think it's really exciting and it's their, it's their um, you know, Chamberlain, Chamberlain is an idiot moment and we can, you know, it's like Czechoslovakia and we've got to stand up for these far-off countries of which we know very little. Um, and uh, I, I can't see any real person feeling this way. I can't, any, anyone anyone sitting at home is not thinking, we've, we've just been th- through two years of, of, of misery and my business has been destroyed and, and my my uncles died of, of untreated cancer and stuff. What we really need now to make things better is a an engagement in in the Ukraine with 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 Putin because he's a bad guy. It's just absurd that we're even, he, even talking about it. You seem to be absolving Putin of any responsibility for yes. Um, the I am. I think, I think this has been this has been. I'm I, I'm amazed that you're not aware of the, of the nuances, Tobes. That America has been the United States has been pushing and goading Putin for 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 years i mean since the since the days of the of the end of the soviet union uh, they promised that they wouldn't expand eastwards and yet that's what they're doing by trying to lure ukraine into nato and trying to lure it into the eu i th- i think it's outrageous but isn't 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 um well I, i'm not sure i'm not sure how much luring is going on but um i don't think you can say that um it's um, you know, uh, American imperialism by proxy that um, various former satellite states of the Soviet Union have joined NATO in order to defend themselves from possible encroachment by a resurgent Russia like, you know, Poland. It's um, interesting you say that. You, I, 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 cause I remember ages ago, but I think it was, bef- yes, it was before the, 
the US presidential election that, that, that Trump won. Was it actually it was it was before even his yeah, it was before um, Trump won the election. And you were arguing passionately about why Trump was a completely unsuitable candidate for the presidency. And one of the things you argued was that, yes, and he's even talking of, of, of you know, withdrawing his money from NATO. And I'm thinking, actually, I, I, I was thinking, I wonder whether Toby's position on, on NATO has become more nuanced since then. But obviously not. You're still kind of a cheerleader for NATO, which I, which I think is an utterly pointless organisation, completely a complete waste of money. Um I think it. I think it's um, it's done a reasonable job of um, maintaining peace in Europe for yeah, but you'd surely uh, several decades. Well, I, I think the wouldn't, wouldn't the risk be that um, what would what would contain Putin if uh, if it wasn't? For I don't. NATO? I don't feel. Uh, I, I feel far prevent, more I mean, threatened by our government than I do by Putin. I think you know the the last two years we've seen so much um, appalling behaviour from our elected representatives it is like living in a totalitarian state so the idea that we should suddenly be turning our attention oh there's the there's the guy the russian bear oh i'm so scared i'm not is your argument a sort of similar one to the argument to justify um uh you know german um uh invasion in what 1939 which is that um the ukraine properly belongs to russia and it's just re-establishing its historic Irredentism. influence I, in that, that region that, and uh, you're not really yeah, that's not that i mean, don't i don't i don't want to draw comparisons with with um with with germany because i don't i don't think that putin is remotely hitler i just i just think that this is why do you care so much about the ukraine well, I, I, I mean, what, what are our interests there? You, you, you think we should put blood and treasure into this, into this, over, over the Ukraine? I certainly don't. Well, I don't know if I don't think if if Putin does invade, um, uh, I don't think that um, you know we should declare war on Russia. No, um, uh, so but um, nonetheless, um, uh, you know, all things being equal, even though we don't have any vital interests in. In the Ukraine, I, I'd still, I'd still prefer it if, um, if, if Russia didn't invade. I mean, uh, you know, it is an independent country; it's a democracy. Well, um, we can, ab- and, we can um, agree on that. I mean, that's a fairly uncontentious opinion. We can all agree that we don't want, we don't want Putin to invade, and we don't want this to be war. But I, 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 I think that, that, that this is, it is being provoked by, by the West. Yeah, but it, it seems, it seems, it, it seems to me that. Insofar as the West is provoking him, it's provoking him by being weak and pathetic and not showing a proper willingness no. to stand you, you up to him. You could always that's, be Tom Tugendhat. That's take. particularly that's true. That's that's particularly, well, you, you can hardly... You're not about to praise uh, Biden's um, efforts to um, uh, try and deter Putin from invading. I mean, it, it, I think the combination of Germany um, uh, being effectively neutral, the EU uh, being in its usual disarray and unable to kind of act collectively, uh, Boris being completely beleaguered and uh, under fire um, in the UK and America having possibly the weakest president it ever had. Uh, That creates an opportunity for Putin. And in that respect, I suppose, our hopelessness is provocative. Um, But um, beyond that, I don't think uh, 
we've provoked him. And I think it would be uh, far better if um, the EU, the United States, NATO and there's, the UK there's, were... There's, there's loads of evidence that we've, we've provoked him. The, 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 the 24, in 2014, when it all kicked, this, this latest round of troubles kicked off, um, the, essentially the, the West staged a kind of colour a color revolution where, they, where they, they got a kind of their man into um, the Ukrainian presidency. I mean, look, I'm not saying that, that Putin is our guy and, and, and he's lovely. I'm just saying that the West is at least as bad and, and that really it should, it should just back off. I think one, the, one th- the well, Ukraine has it, it, no place in NATO, no place does, in does, the does, EU. Does, does backing off mean just letting Russia invade and not retaliating, yeah. even with sanctions? Well, it's not. It's not going to invade. Well, I think it, it, it needs to I'm dial so down. It, dial down the rhetoric. Dial yeah. down the the, the saber rattling. Yeah, absolutely, I do. Because um, it's not what, like one we can thing, do much what, anyway, apart from what uh, cancel their cancel their banking. <laughs> what is it? Their swift. Well, their swift banking. That's because we we run down our armed forces anyway. We haven't even got armed forces capable of fighting of fighting a war with Russia, even if we wanted to, which would be crazy. Well, well one thing we can make we, we may be able to agree on, James, is that one of the reasons um, uh, the West is at a strategic disadvantage, particularly uh, the EU and particularly Germany, is because we've become so dependent on energy exports um, from. Russia, particularly gas, um, which, which uh, is entirely our fault. For, which is entirely our fault. For, I agree. For, 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 I, 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 do you have any idea who it was who was responsible for um, nixing our nascent fracking industry? I mean, it was certainly the, the Conservatives, which 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 seem to have which, which ought to have embraced it and 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 welcomed you know the chance to be um, to be any energy independent, and instead. Uh, allowed themselves to be browbeaten by the Greens into... Yes, a a, a hopeless strategic blunder. And I hope that if Boris does survive, that as part of the red meat he uh, throws to true blue supporters, he'll overturn the fracking ban and... But how would he do that when when he's committed to net zero? That that would make no sense. He'll have to decommit to net zero. Listen, James, we better hear from our first sponsor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that me? I think that's Um, you. Okay. All of us have been stuck inside too long, staring at the walls and thinking they'd look better covered by a Picasso or a Monet. But unfortunately, most of us can't afford that. What we can do is own a fraction of a Picasso or a Monet or even a Warhol with Masterworks. You know our pals at Masterworks. They're the one and only startup based in New York City, dedicated to democratising the ownership of blue chip artwork. So regular people like you and me can now invest in world-famous artists for a fraction of the price. In fact, they recently sold two paintings that netted their investors a 30% plus IRR in 2020 and 2021. And get this, the art and collectibles market is estimated to be worth $1.7 trillion. That's trillion with a T. And there's no reason you can't start investing in blue chip artwork alongside more than 300,000 Masterworks investors. Our listeners receive priority access to their newest offerings at masterworks.io slash London. Just head to our special link at masterworks.io slash London. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclosures. So James, I like before- short ad. Yeah. Yeah, before we move on to another subject, I think I have found one thing 
that we can unequivocally agree on, um, which is the uh, respelling of Kiev as Kyiv. Yes. So it used to be spelled K-I-E-V, and now it's spelled K-Y-I-V. How did that happen? I know. I, I was wondering this the other day, and it really, really, really gets up. You know, next we're going to be forced to pronounce Paris, Paris, and and Berlin, Berlin. And I, yeah. <laughs> we have to fight, keep changing fight, I mean, our yeah. capitals every time that they... No, this, I reckon, is part of this... I mean, my, my view is... But the rebranding of U- Ukraine as sort of part of the West's kind this of geopolitical of the pro- orbit. The propaganda war. Um, I, I, I happen to know that the mainstream media is intimately bound with the, 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 the security services. They, 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 they do have an influence. And I'm sure that this is part of the war on on Russia generally Putin particularly by the west so they've so they've adopted the ukrainian spelling of kyiv or have you i don't know how you pronounce it but look we 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 don't go to marks and spencers and order chicken kyiv do we it's, it's, it's in our vocabulary i i was brought up on marks and spencers chicken chicken kyiv and i used to have it, have it once a week and I can tell you that it's a lot nicer than the stuff you get in in actual Kiev because I, I had one there. I went on a trip to Kiev a, a, a few years ago, um, and and I thought, well, I better 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 try it, even though I bet it's not even a local dish. I bet it's just a kind of <laughs> a, a, a Western dish, which was in, it was invented in the West and then given this name. Do you think? Possibly, um, uh, yeah. And I'm a, I, you know, as, as, a, as, a, as a student, I used to virtually live on Marks and Spencer's Chicken Kiev, which uh, was, Did of you? course, referred to as Chicken Kevin by my snobbish friends. But um, oh. yeah, I was a big fan of Chicken Kiev, and I'm not sure I could adapt at this late stage in my life. Uh, I'm reminded, James, when I was a, a judge on the U.S. Uh, food reality show Top Chef. Um, yeah. uh, I remember getting into a lot of trouble when um, one of the um, one of the chefs um, uh, pronounced paella as paella, and I kind of said, "Excuse me, it's pronounced paella." You wouldn't say when you're in Spain. You wouldn't say I'm in Barcelona. If you're in if you're in Paris, you wouldn't say I'm in Paris. So yeah. why are you pronouncing it paella and not paella? And um, I was immediately kind of deluged with kind of hate um, on social media as a consequence um, and branded a, a, an anti-Hispanic racist. Yeah, you, um, you so are. You so are. <laughs> I bet you I bet you call it coriander and not cilantro. I did. I got into trouble for that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I um, bet you and yeah, I, just... I used to refer to herbs rather than herbs. I do you know I think that that is one of the worst abominations. Why do why can they not pronounce the H? It's funny, isn't it? They have real problems with H's, and they and they and they. I noticed that um, uh, Anthony Hayden Guest, um, a kind of dissolute English journalist who was a pal of mine when I lived in New York, was always yeah. pronounced by our American friends as Anthony, as though the th oh, you had to sound well. the H in the name Anthony. Um, yeah, which I know they do some me. weird things with the language. The Americans. Uh, there's basil, of course, rather rather than the correct form, which is of course basil. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we could go on at length, I'm sure, um, about that. Um, but um, so, um, uh, are you more or less optimistic about our old pal Boris surviving? Um, oh. uh, yeah, I'm. I, I think I said this to somebody the other day um, that if. I, w- I had been tempted to put money 
on him on 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 whoever to replace him as prime minister uh-huh. but actually had i made that bet i would be feeling a bit squeaky bum time now because i think that he will probably survive the greased um, piglet you think will wriggle out yeah uh, and to also, squeal another day here's the thing i i think i've i've made it fairly clear what i think of boris that he's absolutely rubbish but i think that a weak Boris is better for us than a replacement, uh, than a, a new broom replacement. Yeah. Because as somebody pointed out the other day, Boris is is um he's got the albatross round his neck of of all the all the bad stuff that's happened in the last two years, for which people hold him partly responsible. And I think that if Boris, for example, tries to, to introduce another lockdown, no mm. one will obey it because they'll think, mm. "Sod this! I don't, I'm not going to." listen to that stupid guy whereas if say imagine if Gove were to come in and Gove were to declare a lockdown he'd say well I've got you know I'm Michael Gove and I'm really efficient and I'm much better than Boris and I'm very sensible and I've got access to all these experts to tell me these experty things and I speak with authority then it might be much easier to impose more of these or or indeed anyone anyone not tainted by association with the kind of present regime so Jeremy Hunt for instance um, uh, and uh, whoever does succeed Boris might find it difficult. I mean, if Boris does go, it could kind of uh, trigger a sort of civil war within the Parliamentary Conservative Party. Um, they could lose a succession of votes and a general election could come sooner rather than later. And then before you know it, Keir Starmer's in charge. Yes. And he would be uh, worse by an order of magnitude, particularly well, he would be. I, I, I don't know about liberty. I don't know about by an order of magnitude, but definitely that Keir Starmer is a very, very dodgy technocrat, and and you're right. I mean, he would he would be absolutely ruthless, and we'd we'd become Australia or New Zealand. But under, New Zealand, yeah, under under Keir Starmer. But did you do you think do you think that um, incidentally on New Zealand did you see that um, uh, Jacinda Ardern um, uh, has cancelled her own wedding? So she's imposed these um, new restrictions. Um, uh, uh, so, so now, if 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 I think if 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 you're if you live in the same household as someone who's had COVID or someone who's got COVID, you have to self isolate for twenty four days in New Zealand. That sounds and if you, reasonable. If you can't be too country, careful, Tobes. This thing has been <laughs> this has killed dozens of people around the I, world. But I think because she wants to seem, you know, it's not one rule for you and another for mm. me. She's also postponed her own wedding she's trying to kind of differentiate herself i guess from from boris's antics by by being scrupulous about curtailing her own liberties as well um what, what uh, do you think it was about horse-faced uh, crack smoking um fascist multimillionaire uh jacinda arden that attracted her husband i'm, I'm presuming it is a husband that she's getting crack smoking to, i haven't heard that james to, <laughs> that sounds well, potentially libelous well is it oh well uh, then <laughs> there was there's definitely been some footage on the internet of her looking of her smoking some kind of pipe yeah well, it's probably um, herbal tobacco, no? Yeah, I'm sure the herbal. Sorry, I, I correct myself. <laughs> not crack, but herbal, <laughs> herbal extract smoking. Just in the Arden. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, anyway, yeah, she, she, I think, I think she, I think she studies Nicola Sturgeon, and every time Sturgeon says something, you think is this the kind of ne plus ultra of kind of bedwetting um, uh, COVID zero 
gobbledygook. Jacinda thinks, "Oof, I can't let I can't let Nicholas steal my line. I'm going to go one further." So Nicholas Sturgeon says, "We may yet have masks in perpetuity, and that wouldn't be so bad because, after all, how inconvenient is it to have to wear a mask from time to time?" So yes, I can see us keeping masks forever. So Jacinda says, right, self-isolation for 24 days. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, it's just extraordinary. Um, we should, um, should we hear from a, another of our sponsors? I James? think we should, yeah. Because you've got to go to what, yeah, yeah. Pilates at 4.30 or you no, no, being doing, picked I'm, up I'm, to go shooting? Yeah, sh- shooting. <laughs> OK. OK. Um, so, James, from the first moment I sat in my X chair, my body immediately said, ah. So this is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. I never actually looked forward to sitting in my office until I got my ex-chair. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? My ex-chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? My ex-chair can. It's all in the Elamax massage and temperature regulation, exclusively designed and made for X-chair. And once you feel the customised support of X-chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar, or DVL, your back will never be happy in any other chair again. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. Those are all the reasons I love my X-chair. Now I can't wait to be at work. And sometimes, even if I'm not working, I sit in my X-chair just to get that feeling. Take my advice, try X-Chair for yourself, risk-free for 30 days. Once you realise how much better your chair should be, you'll never go back. Go to xchairlondon.com now. That's the letter X, the word chair, L-O-N-D-O-N.com. Or in the United States, call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for $100 off your order. X-Chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as $30 a month. Xchairlondon.com. Um, so, Coats. James, um, uh, yes. we've got about um, 15 minutes left. We have to squeeze in one more ad, which you're doing. So, um, Warner, yeah. But just can we just quickly talk yeah. about, I think, the, uh, I, I read a piece um, where I, I mentioned you favourably. I don't know whether you've seen it. Wow. Uh, no. Yeah. yeah. Well, you should put it up at Lockdown Skeptics. I, it, was, it was about how... What we're living through now, it, it's like living in France in August 1944, when suddenly it turns out that everyone, the entire country, was actually has been yeah. fighting for the resistance all these years. And isn't it amazing? Even the people who were kind of collaborating with the Germans last week. Yeah. I, well, we, we discussed have, have this, I think, on this? last week's podcast, and it's, I've noticed that other people have, have picked up and run with this particular um, analogy. Um, uh, so I think it's I think it, I think it's I think I think that point you made in last week's podcast, James, has landed and is Good. now gathering gathering momentum. But who, who's um, but, uh, so was I it, mean, was it a kind the, of uh, a litany of um, a sort of a gallery of villains um, uh, 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 of which you exempted me from? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's look, there, there are certain people we can't name because it might be deleterious to to our, our careers. But of the ones that that don't have our, our employment in their hands who who who's been particularly egregious I, I mean for me it's got to be people like Piers Morgan Jeremy Vine and Carol Malone all of whom were cheerleaders for the Covid fascism and all the all the extreme measures taken and are now and now miraculously discovering their their inner skeptics after um, <laughs> well, well um uh, I saw that. That's certainly true of 
I think of Carol Malone. I don't know how it was. She, was she an enthusiast for for all the lockdown stuff? Oh, totally. Stuff? But the, now she's uh, saying she there wrote to one be of a those reckoning. Pe- one right? of the pieces saying sort of like I think vaxxers should be punished for the uh, anti-vaxxers should be punished for not taking right. their their clot shots. You know that kind of thing. Right. Uh, well, Piers Norman doesn't. Uh, Piers Moron doesn't need. I mean, it's obvious. Is he, is he backtracking though? I haven't. Is he actually? He, start, he started hinting in his tweets that that yes, isn't it? Isn't it a bit mad? Some of the stuff stuff that that happened in the last two years. And yeah, uh, you watch him reposition himself so that by about in a month's time, it will turn out that Piers Morgan all along was fighting the fight on behalf of the the unvaccinated and fighting for freedoms and and resisting government tyranny i'll, I'll bet you he's just a kind of slime he really you see, is over at daily skeptics james um you know we rejoice every time one of these sinners repents and um wants ah, to be admitted the, the, the to our firmament if you knew about about that kind of thing tobes you realize that repentance has to be sincere in order to be worthwhile and mm. we're not we're, we're not talking about people who are repenting we're talking about people who are merely conveniently u-turning without showing any contrition at all well i, I, still I think, think the price of some, that is burning in hell isn't it i still think there's some value in that you know at least now they're implicitly acknowledging that they they were wrong to be such uh, extraordinary enthusiasts for no uh, no the various they're, they're not where is where is the value the in that 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 if if we live in a a world where you can you can say one thing dogmatically and aggressively for two years which would have been very damaging to people's lives and livelihoods and 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 freedoms and so on and then you can just suddenly change when the tide turns uh and there are no consequences for your previous position which is well I, i prefer to think not that they're just kind of um blowing with the wind but that um they've they've listened um, to the um, true. Uh, calm and reasonable case set out by lockdown sceptics and they've changed their minds because that's they realise we're that's right. A, that's a frivolous, almost whimsical position to adopt. I mean, I mean, you can't, you can't seriously believe that. There's only one reason they've changed their mind. It's because it, it, it just to save their skins. Well, there's, there's, there's no, there's no, sure, there's no redemption I'm there. There's I'm no, sure there's no learning process. No, I, I, don't you think? Well, I, but, but it wouldn't be implausible for them having maybe not changed their minds but certainly revised their opinions and temp 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 oh, and, temp and, and down why, their why suddenly or why suddenly because, and simultaneously well, because because um because sage was so catastrophically wrong about what would happen if boris didn't go beyond plan b you know we aren't experiencing six thousand deaths a day um uh, which was the kind of um, upper range of uh, sage's uh, apocalyptic predictions had, had if we didn't go beyond i mean yeah because because the forecasters um the modelers um clearly wildly overestimated the likely calamity if boris didn't go beyond plan b measure um uh they now look a bit silly and people i must even piers morgan must be thinking well maybe i shouldn't have taken at face value neil ferguson's original projection nobody did half a million people would die this information was was, was available to anyone who was remotely interested in in just digging slightly beneath the surface it's it's the the idea that that piers morgan was just an innocent dupe of the sage committee's uh, extreme prognostications is nonsense nobody nobody fell for I mean, maybe the general public fell for it because they were brainwashed by the propaganda of the, of, of the media. But no, nobody with any 
kind of um, pretensions to be a, a journalist really believe that. No, I don't believe it at all. I, th- well, I think they, that what they did was inexcusable. I think what, what, what I haven't seen anyone who quite actually fits the bill of a kind of um, repentant supporter of Vichy France who claims that they were a member of the resistance all along. I mean, no one quite fits that bill. It's more that they're kind of uh, backtracking a bit, qualifying their original zealotry. Often they say, well, of course we needed the first lockdown. I'm now less sure about whether we needed the second or the third, and we certainly didn't need another one this year. I mean, it's it's slightly more nuanced than just pretending they were with us all along. Anyway. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm, I ain't, ain't forgiving the bastards. Um, <laughs> you I, I don't think it should be. I think it should be Mussolini and his and James. You got to look kind. for allies, not enemies. That's the sin of the other side. Anyway, um, should we move on to culture corner? I think we should. You, oh, have, have we, I got another ad to do first. Uh, I have. Okay. So, so you do. So you do. Yes. You already know where to go for breaking news and trusted analysis actually is that right this podcast apparently but do you have a trusted source for your day-to-day hiring needs that's indeed if you're hiring you need indeed because indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract interview and hire all in one place and indeed it is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description. And you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your, meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash London. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash London to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash London. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need indeed. So, James, um, I, I, since since we last spoke, I've I've watched an entire uh, series, um, which is the Undoing. Did you ever see the Undoing? I'm a little Never bit heard of it. behind Either. the curve here, but it's. Um, I think it came out a couple of years ago, and it's um, it stars Nicole Kidman as um, a um, uh, psychiatrist. Um, uh, well, actually, no, as, as, as a psychotherapist, and um, Hugh Grant as her kind of oncologist. Doctor, oh, husband. that that thing that people watched, that people were talking about. Yeah, they were talking about and? it probably a couple of years ago. It's actually pretty good. I mean, it's it's you know, it's not it's not kind of um, it's not Succession or Breaking Bad, but as far as those kind of you know uh, glossy thrillers go, with a kind of uh, you know lashings of kind of sex and kind of depravity, it's not bad, not bad at all. I quite enjoyed it, and it keeps not, you guessing as to it, it starts. It starts with the it starts with a kind of grisly murder, and then keeps you guessing all the way through about exactly 
exactly who did it. It's really clever at kind of getting you to think, oh, I think it's him, and then think, oh, hang on a minute, maybe it's her, and constantly kind of pulling the rug out from under you. And so you really are kept guessing right up until the last minute. So in that respect, a very well-engineered thriller. Without spoiling it for me, obviously, just in case I'm tempted on your kind of lukewarmish review to watch (laughs) it, um, is the... When it's revealed who done it, do you go, oh, that's bloody ridiculous? Or do you go, ah, I'm such a fool. I should have seen this all along. It's so obvious. And this is not at all convoluted or contrived or anything. I think the latter, yeah. It, 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 um, yeah, it, 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 I think you're right to um, ask that question because one of the shortcomings of, of many thrillers yes. is that they only manage to kind of surprise you with the big reveal in the final episode by coming up with something completely implausible that it was just impossible to guess because it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, whereas this, this is not guilty of that. Right. Okay. And and Hugh, Hugh Grant is good as a kind of um uh slightly kind of seedy um aging kind of um upper middle class charmer, uh, British charmer. I mean he he seems to have perfected that role now. He, well, is is he, he also he, a charmer who's a sleazebag? Is that Yeah, slightly sleazy charmer. Um, he was that, good that, in that, that series about Jeremy Thorpe, wasn't he? Yeah, he was playing Jeremy Thorpe, and he played yeah. he played a similar sort of role in 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 what is it in Paddington Two, I think. But he's he's now sort of uh, he's reinvented himself, hasn't he? As a sort of he's no longer a romantic leading man. He could never kind of pick up a sword, but um, uh, he's reinvented himself as a slightly sleazy kind of silver fox. Yeah, that could be our role, Toby, in the future, as we our years advance. We could be sleazy yeah. silver foxes. Sleazy silver foxes. Only without yeah, the hair. <laughs> sleazy bald fox. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> like one of those sort of a Mexican hairless fox. That kind of uh, thing. Yes. <laughs> Not sure how, um, how how many people would be able to kind of um, uh, inveigle into our web uh, uh, no, on that no. basis. But, but um, so um, anyway, qualified recommendation for the undoing. Um, uh, what have you seen, James? Um, what have, what have I seen? I can't think. I, I tell you what, I'm still really, really enjoying the Brothers Karamazov, um, the audio book. Uh, it's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I think his, his understanding of women, apart from everything else, is... is there's, there's a character called Grushenka, who is just this... <laughs> she lures men onto the rocks. And she's she's a coquette, and she's she's just absolutely brilliant. I just think he's, I think Dostoevsky is is the man. He really. You've been, is. You've been listening to that one for almost as long as you've been yeah, listening but, to. Yeah, but do you know how long Dostoevsky's Dostoevsky's books are? They are quite long. But I'm, I'm I'd say I'm, I don't think they're any longer than Dickens, and I'd say I'm about at least a third of the way through Martin Chuzzlewit now. But I do listen to it. I listen to sort of about maybe half an hour um, oh, uh, every day. Yeah, uh, we only we only listen to it on car journeys when we're in the car together. So that's not necessarily that many occasions. So right, when we go to right. the uh, fitness training. Don't you have trouble picking up where you left off when you sort of started when you when you when you if you if you leave that much time between each? Listen? No, because he's 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 just he's just so good. You you remember every every detail. He's just okay. Like, well, yeah, Martin Chuzzlewit, I'm absolutely loving. It took me it took me you know a little a little bit of time to really become completely absorbed in the story yeah. um uh, but now i'm completely absorbed i'm just transported every time i start listening to it. it's fantastic loving it uh, i haven't yet the, the, the central character 
has not yet gone to America. Right. Um, uh, and apparently where the book, the book's weakness is that the section set in America isn't as good as the rest. So I'll oh, be able right. to report on that next week. Um, one thing I've been doing, James, is I've been trying to kind of educate my children's, um, uh, mo- uh, as far as movies are concerned, because they generally, they, they don't like watching anything older than kind of 2020. Um, uh, and so I've been I've been playing them some, some classics. And so far together, we've watched um, North by Northwest, Casablanca yes. and um, Scarface, uh, not the original Scarface, the um, Al Pacino remake. And uh, I, I was sort of slightly nervous that they'd find them a bit slow. They'd require a bit too much kind of concentration on plot. Um, there wouldn't be enough special effects or kind of whammo moments. But actually, they've 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 gotten they've, they've quite liked them and they've sort of begun to i think hopefully broaden their movie taste a little bit so look, if you, actually, you, and you, you've tried that with your son haven't you sometimes it's been difficult because the the pace is much slower than contemporary he appreciates films. he appreciates the classics we so we had family viewing yesterday we watched a film that we should have seen ages ago we watched con air which right is just con air. fantastic isn't it it's, <laughs> it's just got that sort of in 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 how in, in in how to lose friends and alienate people, um, uh, the film, not the book, um, uh, but based on my misadventures in New York in the mid nineties, um, the central character is asked at a kind of trendy Hollywood party what the greatest. He, there's a debate between these kind of cinephiles about what the greatest movie of all time is. Is it kind of you know the Great Illusion or you know Rear Window uh, or Two Thousand and One: A Space Odyssey? And he was like, no, no, you got it all wrong. It's Conair and um, <laughs> alienates everyone by saying that. But uh, yeah, no, I think Conair's pretty good. Maybe not top ten, but but yeah, no, a respectable but it's up there bit with, of entertainment. It's, it's up there with Point Break. It's yeah. got it's got these moments, hasn't it? Where and it, it's got a great great cast as well, and it's it it predates that period where, um, I mean, it, it it's still quite character driven, even though it's an action movie and movie, even though there are these sort of Jerry Bruckheimer tropes like like the orange explosions in the background that have become a bit of a cliche now and that final scene in, in las vegas where the, where the plane lands on the strip and then takes out all these these things i mean it must have been great fun making it but at the same time it's not like it's, it hasn't got that horrible quality that, that modern james bond movies have where you've got these extended action sequences which leave you kind of drained you, 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 to the point where you're not really enjoying it. You're just, just feeling like you've been beaten in the face with a hammer and you're just supposed to admire it and you don't. You're just, just yeah, it's relentless. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, I, I think, I think there's you, an innocence yeah, you, about 80s films. You've convinced me, James. I think I'm gonna. Um, that's going to be next on our kind of... Um, educational agenda uh, in the young screening room uh, Con Air was going to be A Few Good Men but I think you persuaded me I'm going to switch to, to Con Air they've, they've seen anyway, Zulu James, presumably sorry you, you've, you've, had, you've had your statutory we Zulu haven't had Zulu yet. yet no I think they're quite ready for that um, what? No, they, they definitely are <laughs> I, I think I showed mine Zulu when they were about eight and yours are older than that yeah oh yeah try them on Zulu it's okay alright mate listen I think we've probably um, uh, entertained our listeners long enough and you've got to you've got to you've got to get I've going I've got to go and, yeah go and well I'll see you tomorrow probably. James alright uh, okay. uh, on the on the adjoining in the adjoining butt yes exactly well, okay, they're, they're, they're called pegs aren't they we're not shooting grouse <laughs> that's true pegs the adjoining yeah. peg indeed yeah. okay good alright then alright mate see you then bye bye
This is London Calling. Ricochet. Join the conversation.